It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team, every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So go ahead and get those questions into me either by adding me or by DMing me at Julian Council. But make sure to first follow me there at Julian Council on Twitter. The Carolina Panthers were finally able to end their losing streak at four games by winning on Sunday in Atlanta, 19-13. Matt Rule, 2-0 in the city of Atlanta as the Carolina Panthers head coach. The Panthers are now back up to 500, welcoming in Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots. A game, when it first was put out there on a schedule, we thought might be uh, the homecoming for Cam Newton. Well, that's not going to be the case as Cam Newton, of course, was released by the Patriots. Mac Jones is now their starting quarterback, and they're coming off a big-time win on the road on Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers. And a lot of people are now thinking that maybe New England has a chance to be a playoff team and that they're bouncing back with their brand-new face of the franchise. And Mac Jones, someone the Carolina Panthers could have looked at uh, when they were trying to figure out what they are going to do at quarterback this past offseason, Jones, of course, was with the Panthers down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. They had an up-close-and-personal look at him. Matt Rule was actually asked about Mac Jones and whether they they uh, looked into bringing him here to Carolina. And he just talked about how much he appreciates Mac and liked him, and he's doing a great job and all that kind of stuff. Hasn't really extensively gotten into the tape on a Monday. But either way, Matt Rule understands what kind of quarterback they're facing. A rookie one in Mac Jones comes Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock at Bank of America Stadium when the Panthers and New England Patriots face off. Now, the key question going into this week will be whether Sam Darnold will be available. In yesterday's game on Sunday afternoon against the Falcons, Darnold wasn't asked to do a ton of them. The Carolina Panthers are finally able to implement the kind of offense Matt Rule wanted to see the week prior by dedicating themselves to running the football, 47 carries over 200 yards, both highs during the Matt Rule era here in Carolina, leading to a Panthers victory, and that's going to be their identity moving forward. Being able to control the line of scrimmage with the ground game and getting being able to keep that defense fresh and playing fast and physical like they were able to do early on in the season, but something that they were not able to sustain over the last couple of weeks is the Carolina Panthers had consistently lost a turnover battle because of the offense's inability to stay on the field, mainly through the passing game. That is no longer going to be the focus for the Carolina Panthers. And Matt Rule's even asked about with Joe Brady, 
you know, what kind of the conversation was. And he just talked about how Joe wants to win just as much as anybody. And he doesn't really care whether you have to be a passing guy. And yes, he was a passing game coordinator at LSU, but he understands the importance of running the football. And he sees now that this is the way that we're going to have to win football games moving forward. Now, will this be a successful formula later on in the season when they go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that's number one in the league against the, uh, the run? Probably not. Like, you're going to need Sam Darnold at some point in time, especially if this team wants to factor into the playoff race in a month. They're going to need him to be able to step up and, and look like the guy they saw the first three weeks of the season. I guess really three and a half weeks of the season going into the first half um, of that Dallas Cowboys game. That's what they're going to need to see if they're going to have any shot of trying to find greater balance on offense because eventually teams are going to find a way to shut down the Panthers run game. And when that happens, what will Sam Darnold and his passing attack be able to muster up in order to allow the Carolina Panthers to stay competitive and potentially win these games as they head into the final nine games of the season, starting on Sunday against the England. But with Sam Darnold, Matt rules said that they'll see what the doctors say on Monday. And obviously he's in a concussion protocol and it'll be kind of a wait and see deal in terms of where they go with the next steps. Wednesday will be our next update on where Sam Donald is physically. But the Carolina Panthers are probably going to have to try and bring another quarterback in. And you look at the quarterback market in terms of free agents, it's not great. Like, Blake Bortles is probably the most high-profile guy. Of course, he was the top-five pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars among many top picks the Jaguars had that no longer played for that organization or really had much of an impact positively on that organization. He's been brought in a few places, um, practice squad-wide, or at least being brought in to uh, work out. Did not end up signing anywhere so far, but he's a free agent. So that would be probably the best available option in terms of veterans. That are out there. Uh, Devlin Hodges. Duck Hodges started a couple games for Pittsburgh a couple seasons ago. He's also a name that would maybe make sense just based off of guys who actually have experience who could come in here and be the backup more likely to P.J. Walker. And speaking of P.J. Walker, it's going to be him. He's probably going to get the call on Sunday if Sam Darnold is unable to go. And Matt Rule has asked about P.J. Walker and him starting and, you know, would he be the starter? And he was not really all that committal saying, I'm not going to get into too many hypotheticals right now. If he was unable to play, that being Sam, PJ would be the next guy up, but I'm hopeful that Sam will play and we'll see how that plays out today and through the course of the week. But for us, we just go through the process of seeing where Sam is at first and go from there. That's always the best way to approach it. And he was also asked about PJ Walker's performance so far this season. We've only seen him in spots like in New York a couple weeks ago when Sam Darnold was benched in favor of P.J. Walker, then in Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. And Matt Rule said, obviously, really, really disappointed in that throw he made at the goal line. That's a ball you got to get out there. You throw away. I'll say this. I don't think there's a guy in the locker room that doesn't believe in him. I think most of our guys see him in practice, saw him last year against Detroit, and know he can lead us. All that being said, he has to protect the football. We can't go out there and turn the ball over. That's really the tale of our season. When P.J.'s asked to play, I expect that he'll play well with a full game, the whole game plan, the whole practice reps of the week. I believe that he can truly do a nice job for us. So, you know, does Matt rule really believe that PJ Walker is, uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I really, I have no idea really what to take from that. Other than you guys have seen PJ Walker play. I know folks want to see him be the starter instead of Sam Darnold. At least there's been that sentiment out there the last couple weeks as Darnold has struggled and the Panthers run that losing streak. P.J. Walker's not the answer. He's not even a, a high-level backup quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, which is why I just figure that maybe they should try and find someone in the offseason that could fill in for Sam Darnold in, in the event that he got injured. Consider that Sam Darnold has yet to play 
a full 16 or now 17 game schedule in the NFL through his first three and a half years as a starter in the league with the Jets and now with the Panthers. Now, if he's only out for a week, okay, P.J. Walker, he, he showed last year when Teddy Bridgewater was here that they could go out there and win a football game with him. Also in that game, he threw two red zone interceptions and later on in week 17 against the Saints, when he came in, whether it was Teddy getting benched or hurt, whatever it was, came in through two more red zone interceptions. So P.J. Walker has not protected the football in the times that he's been out there as Carolina Panthers quarterback in the regular season. So I don't have a ton of confidence in P.J. Walker and going up against Bill Belichick and his defensive mastery. That does not lead to me to believe it's going to be successful if P.J. Walker is going to be the starting quarterback on Sunday. And that's probably the same feeling with Sam Darnold out there, too, just based off of I know Belichick's got to have the book out on him. Either way, it's a big-time game for Carolina that they definitely want to win if they want to stay here in the hunt in the NFC. And we're we'll take a quick look at this player picture because – you want to count them out, go ahead. But the way the NFC is shaking out and Minnesota losing to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers somehow through eight weeks in the four straight losses and the injuries are still in the thick of things and they might actually be in this come late December. So we'll get into more of that here in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday afternoon, Darren Gantz, who covers the Carolina Panthers for Panthers.com, tweeted out that if the season ended today, the 4-4 Panthers would be a playoff team. Also, a lot of people would be saying, why did the season end on the Monday of Week 9? But that being said... Through eight weeks, the Carolina Panthers, despite losing four straight games and having the inspiring 3-0 start, they get the win on Sunday against Atlanta. They're now 2-0 in the division, and I believe by the time they play New Orleans again and Tampa Bay, they should be 3-0 in the division. They are still in the thick of things, in the playoff picture. I know that it's still a ways away, but we are still sitting here, week nine, middle of the season. It is November We're not too far away from a lot of games of consequence for the Carolina Panthers in this second half of the season. And the first one comes up on Sunday afternoon against the New England Patriots, another team that's 8-8, and and that they have their sights 
on being in the AFC playoff picture. Just think about it. With Green Bay, clearly after winning seven straight games, beating Arizona on the road on Thursday night football at the Packers, the NFC North is not a good division. Minnesota loses to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys in Sunday night football. That's just, Dallas is a good football team, but you can't, you can't lose at home to a backup quarterback like they did against Dallas on Sunday night. So the Vikings, not a great team. The Bears losing to San Francisco at home. Justin Fields starting to come along. Didn't have Matt Nagy, their head coach there, because he was out with COVID. So Fields is getting better. That's a three and five football team and aging defense. The Chicago doesn't really scare you. And the Detroit Lions have yet to win a game. So the North, that division is done. The West... Arizona or LA, I'm going to lean the Rams are going to win that division. I think the Rams, especially trading for Von Miller, I already thought going into the season that they were the team that was going to win the Super Bowl. I feel even more strongly about that now. Now, not having Cam Akers kind of stinks for them in terms of the running game, but Sean McVay finally has the quarterback that he's been looking for to be able to run his offense, and things have gone spectacularly well for them so far this season with Matthew Stafford, who could have been a Carolina Panther, but he ended up in L.A. with the Rams. So the Rams are going to win that division, I believe. And Arizona will still make the playoffs. They're 7-1. I don't foresee another collapse like they had last season in the second half of the season. Even if they have one, it can't be bad enough to where they don't make the playoffs after starting off 7-0 this season. So those two teams will be in the playoffs. That's three. Dallas, they'll, make, they'll win the NFC East, especially getting the win with their backup on Sunday night against Minnesota. Washington has just been a, a massive disappointment. Maybe with Fitzpatrick, they might be better. But again, Ryan Fitzpatrick has never led a team to the playoffs. I don't understand why anyone would think anything would have changed this season under Ron Rivera. That defense overall has been disappointing. Uh, the Giants, they're not any good. The Eagles, they're not any good. But there's still two teams that beat the Carolina Panthers. And Tampa, I still believe, will win the NFC South, especially now that Jameis Winston unfortunately went down with an ACL injury in that win the Saints had over the Buccaneers on Sunday at the Superdome. Whether they're going to turn to Taysom Hill, who knows? Whether they're going to turn to Trevor Simeon, who has proven to be a very capable backup quarterback in this league. He's just not a starter. The Saints are going to have trouble now moving forward, even though they have a, a really good team overall. There has been some talk. Will Brinson of CBSSports.com covers the NFL, did mention Phillip Rivers. He has finished his high school coaching season down there in Alabama. He would say that if the right situation popped up, he would come back to play the end of an NFL season. So maybe Phillip Rivers might be someone who the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton call upon. But I don't know. But right now, when I'm looking at the playoff picture, and you can laugh all you want, but just looking at it, this is how quickly things can change. One week, it's doom and gloom. The next week, it's, hey, back to talk about the playoffs. The Carolina Panthers are going to be right there in the thick of things with the five and two Saints, the three and four Vikings, the three and four 49ers, three and four Falcons. All those teams are in the hunt for the last two playoff spots in the NFC. And in order for Carolina to be in good position come December, and potentially be a playoff team, they're going to need to win on Sunday afternoon against New England. Whether it's P.J. Walker or Sam Darnold, that's a game the Carolina Panthers are going to pretty much need to win if they want to be right there at the end of the season having an opportunity. Matt Rule said on Monday, we got to come to grips that we are a defensive football team, which in today's NFL and in football in general is not necessarily a winning formula for any good or great team that aspires to win a championship. It's become such a offensive league, a pass-happy league, where the better offenses are always going to beat the better defenses. It's kind of flipped. Defense used to win championships. Maybe that's still true, but if you got an offense like we've seen over the last couple of years with Tampa with uh, Tampa last year and, and um, with Kansas City, 
Very hard for defenses to be able to keep up with that, especially when the rules of the game and the officiating so heavily favor the offense in today's football. But they're a defensive football team. So on Sunday, against a rookie like Mac Jones, earlier this season, Zach Wilson made his life hell in week one, his debut. Same thing happened with Davis Mills, who really hasn't been great for Houston anyway. They're getting another rookie, a guy who's played a lot better and a much better situation in New England, being coached by Josh McDaniels and, of course, Bill Belichick. They need to try and make Mac Jones make the same mistakes that guys like Zach Wilson and Davis Mills made when they play the Carolina Panthers in the first three weeks of the season. So they got to beat New England. And then Washington coming here, Ron Rivera coming back home. If Taylor Heineke is still the starting quarterback, Heineke is going to give you a couple. We already know that. The, uh, the defensive line for the Redskins, is very, the, the football team, is very good. But they have not been that good this season. That's going to be a game, especially at home, that the Panthers got to win. Miami has been awful all season long. It doesn't look like they're going to make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Even if they do, like that's a game you got to be able to win on the road and then again at home against Atlanta. So three of those four games, all four games are very winnable for the Carolina Panthers in the second half of the season. You got to believe with three of them being at home and the one being on the road against Miami, where I can't imagine the fan base is going to be very checked in by the time the Panthers get down to South Beach. They got to win those four games. You win those four games, you're right there with eight wins, which then means you got to try and steal one against Buffalo on the road at New Orleans or at home against Tampa, or on the road against Tampa. And the way things are panning out here in the NFC playoff picture, every single team at the top of the NFC is going to be playing an important game come Week 18 in January. Green Bay, they have really no resistance there in the North, as I pointed out. Arizona, LA are going to be battling with each other. Dallas, Tampa, same way. Like those, all, all four of those, five of those teams are going to be right there looking at it, go week 18. It's like, hey, we can't sit our guys. We can't rest them. So that's going to make things a little bit harder for Carolina. But you can steal one of those games, more like hopefully the one against Tampa at home. You're looking at nine, and nine wins might be enough this season. Eight, eight might be enough for the Carolina Panthers to be right there in the thick of things. We just look at everyone else out there. Like New Orleans, maybe they'll take a step back. We'll see what things look like. They were able to win games last season. They were 2-1 and one with Taysom Hill at quarterback. They were 5-0 and oh the year prior with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So that's really a team that's built to be able to overcome whatever quarterback injuries that they have. Now, if they had any Super Bowl aspirations, those are certainly now gone. Even if they even, I don't even know if they existed when they had Jameis Winston, but they're certainly gone. But they still a team that could be a playoff team. Minnesota, come on. Like they, we saw them here in Charlotte. They have weapons, but they're not necessarily the most imposing team. Daniel Hunter is out for the season. The 49ers don't know what to make of them. The Falcons, that's not a good football team. Carolina is going to mess around and still be in this thing. Seriously, it's the crazy thing to think about it. And when you when you now look at all that, what do the Carolina Panthers now do at the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday at 4 p.m.? Are they buyers? Are they sellers? It's so early in the year that you can't really throw in the towel unless you're like Detroit or Jacksonville. But everyone else is in it. And the Carolina Panthers are in the hunt as we look at it in the final nine weeks of the season. So what should the Carolina Panthers be looking to do at the trade deadline? Should they be sellers or should they be buyers? We'll get into that here in just a moment. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. 
Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I have a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be with beachbound.com. You can find your perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, as I said, the Carolina Panthers, despite losing four straight games, if the season ended today, they would be the seventh team into the playoffs, the final wild card spot, meaning that they are in the thick of things and the schedule ahead presents opportunities for the Carolina Panthers to potentially get to eight, maybe even nine wins. And in this year, in the NFC, with so much below the top five teams in this conference, it might be a possibility that the Carolina Panthers could be an eight-win football team and be playing on the road wildcard weekend. Sorry, super wildcard weekend in the NFL in the playoffs. Now, what should they be doing then? Should they be sellers or should they be buyers as the 4 p.m. Tuesday afternoon trade deadline comes? All the talk was the last couple of weeks, especially following the loss to New York and Sam Darnold getting benched, what the Carolina Panthers should do at the quarterback position and whether they should trade for Deshaun Watson. We've had that conversation. The Carolina Panthers certainly had that conversation. Reports by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com said the Panthers wanted to speak individually with Deshaun Watson, and that was something that was not made available to them. So they were unable to vet him, and they no longer are interested in him at the time of this recording. So I don't know when you listen to this, when this comes out, whether they made the trade or not. But it looks like the Carolina Panthers are not going to be trading for Deshaun Watson. Will they be trading for any quarterback? Darnold, if he's out for one week, okay, you can make it by with P.J. Walker and whoever they sign off the street. Maybe a Blake Portals, like I mentioned earlier in the show. Or if he's out for a couple weeks, like a Taysom Hill who's missed, what, the last three weeks of a concussion, do you maybe look at trading for a Nick Foles? And here's the thing with the Carolina Panthers. When you look at the draft coming up next April and you just look at the, the picks that they have, they only have one pick in the top 100 picks. And considering that they are going to need a new quarterback and they need to get a ton of help on the offensive line, the Panthers don't have a lot of compensation to be giving up in next year's draft. They've already given up a six-rounder in 2023 in the trade to bring over Stephon Gilmore from New England, and hopefully he'll be around. But if he's not, that'll be a compensatory pick for the Carolina Panthers. But looking at things currently, the Panthers have their first-round pick. They have a fourth-rounder that they got from Texans in the trade this past season. The uh, Jaguars' fifth-round pick for the trade that acquired C.J. Henderson. They have their own fifth-round pick. Another sixth-round pick. They have the Raiders' sixth-round pick with the uh, Denzel Perryman trade. And then they have the Titans' seventh-round pick that they received as they traded away Greg Little to the Dolphins. So not a ton of compensation there. No second-round pick, no third-round pick. You're not trading away, your round, trading away your first-round pick. So if anything, if you're looking at it, for me at least, the Carolina Panthers should be sellers at the deadline. And I'm not saying to sell any of your top players. Like an A.J. Bouye seems like a guy that would make a lot of sense to the Carolina Panthers to try and get something for. Now that you have Stephon Gilmore here, 
Dante's had a great season. CJ Henderson's had a little bit of injury issue, but hopefully he'll be ready to go for the rest of the season. You got those three guys potentially being healthy. I don't JC Horn. We'll see what his status is. He hopes to be back if they make it to the playoffs. That, that seems still to be unlikely, even though I think they will be in the thick of things later on in the season. You could roll with those three. And you also got Rashawn Melvin, who's a veteran who's had to play the last couple weeks as well. They could afford to get rid of AJ Bouye. And there's also other players that maybe if the Carolina Panthers are comfortable with where they are as a whole defensively, like Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, both of those guys are on expiring deals. Do you want to get rid of them to try and recoup some earlier round picks? That's not something I would like to see. Hassan Reddick is also who, who leads the NFC in sacks with seven and a half. He's someone who is on expiring deal. You could re-sign him after the season. Uh, even if he goes to side, go play with another team. Now it takes away the potential of having the franchise tag and be able to utilize that. But teams are always in need of edge rushers. Might not just be him. Maybe like an Etor Gross Matos, second round pick a couple years ago, who just got his first sack of the season this year on Sunday. Or Marquise Haynes, Frankie Louvu. There's teams always in desperate need for pass rushers. Maybe the Carolina Panthers might be one of those teams, but they also said that they're a team that's focused on being built defensively, and that's where their strength is. So it'd be really hard to part ways with either Gilmore or Reddick or Jackson, but A.J. Bouye would make a lot of sense to me as a guy that they might want to try and part ways with to try and get some sort of compensation as they look ahead to the offseason in 2022, and especially to the draft as they've lost a bunch, a couple of their picks with you know Scott Fitter always being in on every deal. But a quarterback trade, I, I just don't see that, how that would work out and, and make a lot of sense for them. Like Nick Foles is always going to be a, a name that people are going to bring up as he's a third stringer there in Chicago, just hanging out. And I don't even ever see the cameras pointing over to him on the sidelines throughout the entire Andy Dalton, Justin Fields uh, conversation of who should be the starter. And Foles just hanging out there in Chicago. And I don't know if there's any, maybe New Orleans is a team that might try and go after Nick Foles. Just based off of what he's been able to do throughout his career, this is where he's usually the best when he has to fill in at the end of the season and lead a team into the playoffs. To that with Philadelphia, of course, leading him to a Super Bowl where Super Bowl MVP outdueling Tom Brady. And then the next year when Carson Wentz went, went down again, helping lead that team into the playoffs and playing well enough to win a wild card game on the road against the Chicago Bears. So... That might be worth it if the Panthers really felt like Sam Darnold's going to be out for a while. But considering he's probably, hopefully, only going to be out for a week if he's out at all, I don't know if that's really a move the Panthers need to make. And it's also going to cost them draft capital, which really they should not be parting ways with. So if anything, the Carolina Panthers should be sellers at the deadline. But I really don't think there's going to be a move made outside of potentially parting ways of A.J. Boye and trying to get some draft capital heading into 2022. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So go ahead and get those into me by either adding me or DMing me at Julian Council. As always, appreciate the support. Everybody listening to the show, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.